Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and joined by the fruit of a scuppernong arbor growing proudly in the lazy Mississippi, Ski. That's me. And a man with uniquely American flavor, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I half expected to be referred to as a peckerwood. <laughs> uh, I thought about calling you the uh, artist formerly known as Samuel Plankmaker. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, today we're going to be doing Season 6, Episode 21, Witness. I thought it was called Continuity Cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bringing it all back together so that we can continue forward. Mm-hmm. Oddly, I, two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, today Brent's going to be doing our recap, correct? Correct, yeah. yes. Okay, good. Just making sure. Mm-hmm. And we'll be uh, probably discussing best lines as we go throughout. Mm-hmm. But at the end, we will wrap up with our MVPs yes. and uh, our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake as we're probably. kind of getting close to the end of this. Well, not probably. We are getting close to the end of season six. Mm-hmm. So six yep. more episodes left, including today. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Brent, did you did did either of you two have anything to add before Brent kicks it off? Um, I did have something to say, not okay. prepared remarks or anything, okay. um, but it happened fairly recently within our timeline. We're fairly close to when this drops, right? Yeah, so that's correct. Yeah, we're only about a week a week out. Yeah, so yeah. we're recording this on the the eighth. This will be out on the sixteenth, I believe. Gotcha. Okay, so within like the last two and a half weeks of people hearing this, um, I guess their bereavement leave will be over or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, Earl Bowen died. The other oh yeah, day. I did see that. Yeah, and we just did an episode with him. And yeah, was so. mentioned him recently. So, do you remember who that was offhand? I am trying. He was the guy, the creepy dude who enjoyed uh, Blanche's baby way too much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Baby. I mean, no. he was a good actor, but yeah, I just yeah. him. Huh. No, that wasn't him. Oh, you're right. That wasn't him. It was some. Who was it? It he was most uh, recently was the uh, minister. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Who made a couple off? Not is it called off color if it's homophobic jokes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I made a couple off color jokes about yeah. uh, Dorothy's brother Phil. Gotcha. Sorry. Yes. I, I apologize to the creep. For <laughs> regardless of the two of them, I remember minister. both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was the one who did three different Golden Girls and three different Terminator movies. Ah. <laughs> Same character though in all three Terminator. movies. I do remember your comment about that. Yep. Different sinister ministers <laughs> in the three episodes of the Golden Girls. <laughs> sinister minister. Yeah. Like that. Well, I did. I guess I will mention one thing before we kick off. Um, just an interaction that we had. Yay. Uh, well, are some Christmas wishes that we got. Oh, nice. Uh, over the time since we've last met. Yay. Um, we got a message from uh, Lisa. Hey. A.K.A. Hey. Mermaiden. Yes. She Hi. said, uh, Merry Christmas, boys. And I said, uh, thank you. Uh, we hope this one was a, this one, the new edition was amazing yeah. for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the baby, right? Yeah. Yep. She said it was. Well, so, well, she she did not actually, you know, say it was or wasn't. Uh-huh. She just said that, uh, did we officially abandon Instagram? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess Brent has officially abandoned it. Um, but I do actually plan to revive it uh, here in the new year. So if you're hearing this on the 16th, my there are messages sitting out there from at least a couple of our listeners that have never been replied to. So okay. you will get replies. By the time you're hearing this, you should have already heard from me there. Mm-hmm. I will not be doing like the weekly type things that Brent did. Of, you know, I was did, doing it like thrice a week. Yeah. yeah it I, was awesome, yeah. So I won't be doing that. I uh, would really love to say, like, pledge myself to help out with that, but I know myself, and I would probably fail us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't doubt that. Um. <laughs> He's like, I can post on the Instagram, or I can record a session. You can't have both. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I, I do plan to get on there, and I'll make at least some kind of updates here and there, yeah. and you know, just 
interact with any listeners. So if you would like to send me a message through Instagram mm-hmm. and also Facebook or yeah. Twitter, yeah. you can reach us all three ways, but the Instagram okay. will be at least back alive here by the time cool. you're hearing this message. I may send you a message on the Instagram just to check it out for okay. response time. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, like, you call that a response? There was no snark <laughs> to be found. <laughs> We also got a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Stacy. Oh yeah, and I and I replied the same to her. Yeah, and we also got. Does she one. have a new edition as well? Uh, she does not, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Um, so you did modify your response. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I was saying that I replied the same to her as gotcha. in like what she sent to us, not the same message as I sent. Gotcha. To Lisa. <laughs> gotcha. Whatever holiday greeting somebody wishes to you, you wish the same back to them. Generally speaking. So uh, if they're like Happy Kwanzaa, Alan, you're like, and you and yours. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, hope you had a Happy Kwanzaa too. Yeah. Why would I not? I don't know. <laughs> that almost sounds like if I didn't, I would have a bone to pick. <laughs> I said, what Merry you Christmas. You put yeah. quotation marks around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As if it wasn't a real holiday. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, no, we like all the meats in the uh, American yeah. stew here. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then we also got one from Jennifer. Uh, again, mm-hmm. wishing us that she said that she hopes that we had a great Christmas because yeah. it came a couple days after that. Yeah. Definitely. And I said, great might be a strong word, but I'd say we all consider it to have been adequate, much like our podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very so. kind from everybody. Merry yeah. Christmas and happy holidays to them as well. Thank you, all three of you. And I don't have it with me. And uh, anybody else who liked or reached out or whatever. Yes, yeah, certainly. And uh, I don't have it with me to mm-hmm. uh, talk about it specifically, uh, but uh, we actually got a card, a Christmas card for Mario. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that was really nice as well. Thank so you, Mario. Mario. We did get your card, and we very much appreciate it. Yeah, God bless thank you. you all. So. Yeah. All right. Do you well, guys send Christmas cards? We used. I mean, I know you don't to me, but no. <laughs> <laughs> we did at one point, like maybe, maybe for two or three years, we yeah. sent Christmas cards. But this was early on. I, I mean, you and I would have been friends at this point, I yeah. think. But I don't know that we would have even had each other's mm-hmm. uh, addresses yet. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So no, we're we gave that up at least a good decade ago, and even when we were at our height, mm-hmm. we weren't sending out a ton. Yeah, so. gotcha. No. I think the same goes for us. I think we did maybe one or two years since we've been married, and then like we just abandoned it entirely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always feel bad when I get like uh, uh-huh. uh, I have certain like cousins and stuff that I send them every year like religiously. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad they're doing well. <laughs> I feel bad that I don't reach out better. <laughs> yeah, eh, I don't know. I don't really think. I feel like people do it for themselves, not for yeah, the other people true. at this point. Which is, you know, I enjoy getting them, and so if uh-huh. you're sending well, them, that's nice. But yeah. I don't feel bad that I am not reciprocating. Yeah. yeah. Well, one one thing uh, that I do like is a lot of the ones that do send them almost every year, they do like the, the group photos now. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get to see the kids growing up over time. It's cool. Yeah. For a little while, I was holding on to all those, like with our picture stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually decided that, no, if someone sends us a real picture, I'll hold on to that. Uh-huh. But if it's always part of a card, mm-hmm. that's going to go into the garbage after mm-hmm. I'm done. But yeah. I still like to see it. Yeah. It's cool. Like if it's a professionally printed card, like from CVS, or if right. it's like printed on their little HP Smart 520P. Either one. I mean, yeah. if it's a if it's a Christmas card that has like Christmassy you know themes to it, uh-huh. if someone were to send me a card in an envelope or envelope, if you prefer, uh-huh. with a, an actual printed picture in it from CVS or whatnot, then I would hold on to that picture. But if it's part of a card, regardless of where it was printed out, I'm not going to keep it. We got scissors, anymore, right? Anymore, anyway. Yeah, cut cut out, out. <laughs> have all these oddly cut out <laughs> chunks of pictures everywhere. <laughs> well, and plus, too, the people who generally send them, I just can't imagine that I'm going to go back through. Like, we have... 
Look at how the boys have grown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like my friend Lance, he sends them, which I, I'm glad to see how his kids are doing. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I can't imagine that someday I'm going to be like, oh, remember Lance's kids who we never met? Uh-huh. <laughs> Look how cute they were when we had never met them. Um, they just this said, is the first year. This is the second year. On pictures are so cheap. I hope we meet them eventually. Yeah, I, I hope so too. This is the year they fell out of the ugly tree. <laughs> No, he has cute kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't know. I know. I can <laughs> <never> <laughs> <do that. laughs> But uh, well, pictures are, are so cheap nowadays. And when I say cheap, I don't mean like it's inexpensive. I just mean they're not as valuable yeah. emotionally or whatever as they mm-hmm. used to be because oh, they're yeah. just so ubiquitous. Yeah, exactly. So, so exactly. much of our life is documented now. It's crazy. Yeah, and on mm-hmm. social media and everything like that. And we, mm-hmm. It's just so easy to take pictures with your phone. And mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if it's a really great one, you send it on to somebody or are possibly printed or something. But I, I do the vast regret, majority just sit there. I do regret not having, like, downloaded my uh, the bulk of my pictures before my phone got erased. I lost a bunch of cool pictures for that one, but yeah, yeah. a lot of dick pics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as wiener through the years, yeah, <laughs> the gradual progression as it started to curve to the left, <laughs> right? <laughs> How did you the, know? As the balls kept drooping further and further, <laughs> exactly. Pick exactly. them out of my sock. Yeah, I like the idea. Like this is the first time they touched the toilet water. <laughs> exactly. Got a full documentation of yeah. it. I got. I bought a specifically. Clear toilet so I can document. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there that has a clear toilet. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they have gold toilets out there. Surely someone's made an acrylic one or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be a stronger material, I assume, uh-huh. but yeah. something of that nature. Yeah. So. A lot of pervs in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, anyways, on that note, Brent, um, <laughs> Merry Christmas again, folks. <laughs> They say one out of three podcasters is a pervert. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you can't figure out who the pervert is, it's probably you. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. It's definitely me. <laughs> well, I was going to say one out of three is a generous estimate. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say we're probably closer to one out of two. Um, anyways. All right. Well, Brent, whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and kick us off. I shall. I shall. Um, all right, so Golden Girls Season 6, Episode 21, Witness. Uh, this episode was another was another Mitchell Hurwitz joint. It was directed by series newcomer Zane Busby. Uh, she started off as an actress and co-starred with Elvis Costello in Americathon before moving into directing, including such shows as New Heart, Head of the Class, and My Two Dads. Wow, that's quite mm. a resume. Yeah. Uh, so the episode originally aired on March 9th, 1991, and unfortunately, America probably wasn't in the mood to laugh that night because earlier that day, we lost former Baltimore Oriole pitcher Jim Harden. No. Yep. So he was part of the Orioles team that won three consecutive American League pennants between 1969 and 1971, plus the World Series in 1970. Kind of a cool resume. I was going to ask you if they actually pulled off the World Series during that. I'm glad you filled us in. That's right. So Harden, you know, long since retired from baseball, was flying his private plane near Key West, Florida on March 9th, 1991, when his propeller failed. The plane began its descent, and it actually looked like Jim was going to get the greatest death a baseball player could hope for on an actual baseball field. Mm. Unfortunately, a bunch of Little Leaguers were using the field for spring training, and uh-huh. Jim had to accept a much more common place of death for a former Major League ball player. That's right, the parking lot of a TGI Fridays. <laughs> yeah, that's a little rough. <laughs> so do you think, if that was you, like, now granted, I'm sure that you also would avoid, you know, potentially murdering children. Yeah, um, yeah I will. 
But if it wasn't, if if it was like, oh, my plane's going down, I could crash into that river over there, which would give me a 1% chance of uh-huh. living, yeah. or I can crash into this baseball field that'll give me a 0% chance, but at uh-huh. least I'll have died on a baseball field. Yeah. <laughs> would you go with the baseball field or take that 1% chance? To... I think you got to take the 1% chance in that yeah. situation. I think there are a great many times where you don't take the 1% chance, mm-hmm. but in that situation, you do. Okay. Well, I mean, if he was heading towards the baseball field, though, he could have honked at least, right? No. Honked, yeah. <laughs> Get out of the way! I, I don't Get know. Get out of there! Guys, go! I'm coming in high! <laughs> yeah. I don't know how robust the honking system I don't is think on they airplane. <laughs> I would be shocked to find out they've got horns. <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe on runways it would help. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the only Cessna whose horn plays La Cucaracha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> we all have probably recently watched an episode that also featured that, but... <laughs> That's not today's uh, yeah. <laughs> honker. That's funny. All right. So across the pond, uh, they probably weren't mourning the loss of Jim Harden. Uh, they played cricket or some shit over there. <laughs> um, uh, they were probably too busy celebrating the Clash's first, and while it'll probably be their only number one hit song, originally released as a single in 1982, uh, including on Combat Rock, which I consider to be their last album. Uh, should I Stay or Should I Go was re-released as a single because of its inclusion in a Levi's commercial. The band hadn't licensed any songs previously, but since they were wearing Levi's 10 years earlier when they recorded it, they acquiesced and gave permission. Its renewed popularity probably helped Rolling Stone decide it's the 228th greatest song ever, and that might have contributed to it being the breakout moment from season one of Stranger Things. In case you're wondering uh, what my top five favorite Clash songs are, I'd go with the following alphabetical list. Career Opportunities, Lost in the Supermarket, Police on My Back, Safe European Home, and Wrong and Boyo. I would, oh, no. guess, I would guess with great confidence, honestly, that we might have one listener that would care <laughs> about that list of five Clash songs. <laughs> and if I can reach just one person, <laughs> yeah. it's all worth it. It's worth your time, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we, week in, week out, you know, we generate a lot of content. And, you know, there's no, you know, nowhere is it written that it all has to be Golden Girls. Right. So, obviously, the, the Clash had that one big single hit. Did they have any others that uh, broke top 40? Do you know? Uh, I'm sure they did. I'm Off the top of my head, I don't know, because that was their only number one. Um, I'm sure Train and Vane hit the top 40. I'm sure London Calling did, you know. I'm sure a couple others did. I haven't heard of either of those. Uh, I probably would recognize them if I heard them, but I don't know. I don't recognize a lot of uh, yeah. titles, I guess. I've been listening to a lot of Clash lately. So that's my, my jogging jam. Oh, okay. I was going to cool. ask if there was a particular reason why the Clash was getting extra play time in your... Yeah, uh, just because they, they don't really have any slow ballads or anything. Oh, okay. I mean, they got a couple of slower tempo songs, but nothing that's ever, you know, like Heartbreak Hotel or some oh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so this episode starts off with Dorothy and Sophia discussing Sophia's upcoming bicentennial. Uh, they, agree, <laughs> they agree that the old broad is in pretty good shape, all things considered, but that she should still refrain from driving and she should probably track down her missing glasses. Uh, Blanche enters and we find out that she's trying to join another restricted club. Uh, this one is for the Daughters of the Old South and it requires a complete breakdown of her genealogy. Uh, she's barking up the wrong family tree if she thinks Dorothy is excited to be helping her. Uh, Blanche tells Dorothy all about how she pretended to be a future Confederate widow uh, once she entertained seven returning soldiers in a single evening. <laughs> I, <laughs> I bet when she built up a, a backlog of two or three, she probably asked them to line up over there, <laughs> over there. <laughs> That's a good callback. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I was a little nervous.
nervous about singing, but I was like, I, I think I can nail that line. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. Yeah. so uh, Dorothy rhetorically asked Blanche if the Centers for Disease Control was in Atlanta. Uh, Blanche chalks that up to a coinky dink. The doorbell rings, and the second greatest cast member of Empty Nest is at the door. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, before the show concludes, we can see Paul Dooley one last time. So, uh, next door neighbor. (laughs) 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 I joke to not get the laugh I'd hoped for. Well, it took me a second. (laughs) Because I wasn't sure if you were just saying that you were hoping to, I don't know. It took (laughs) me a second. It took me a second to put the two things together, yeah. I forgot that she was in, yeah, I forgot she was in the empty nest, honestly. I do remember she brought up Dreyfus later in the episode, so. I know that was a callback, but I forgot she was part of the cast. Like when you say you forgot she was part of the cast, you mean like until right now when Brent just mentioned it? Yeah, I haven't watched. <laughs> empty, I haven't watched Empty Nest in a long time. Well, I know, but she talked about Dreyfus and everything else. Like it just seems like I don't know if you've ever watched Empty Nest. I would think you would have realized she was part of the cast. I just didn't remember. Okay, fair enough, I guess. Well, in order to lay the groundwork for a later joke, <laughs> I just want to tell you that B. Arthur was Maud. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've heard of that show. Now, you mean she was Maud or was part of the cast? <laughs> I think she was a writer. Uh. <laughs> she probably was that, too, though, honestly. Well, no, there's not a Maud joke coming mm. up later. <laughs> oh, All right, so next door. I think it just arrived. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Uh, so next door neighbor Barbara reminds the studio audience that she's a cop. And she tells Sophia that she'll be on the lookout for her glasses. Oh, to live in 1980s Miami when the biggest crime that needed to be investigated was an old woman's missing spectacles. Well, yeah, I mean, that was on Miami Vice all the time. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> old woman's mo- missing glasses. Somebody shake down the nug man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was what, that's how Tubbs made his bones. <laughs> the old lady glasses. So. How Tubbs made his bones. I like that's all that. My favorite expression of all time. Uh, hi. So uh, Barbara is played by the 28-year-old ingenue Christy McNichol. Uh, Christy had already been nominated for three Emmys by this point and had won two. If ever there was a reason for us to do an emptiness podcast, it'd be so I would have a socially acceptable reason to discuss Miss Nichols' cuteness. She is hot. I was looking at her IMDb. I mean, you know, of course we'll discuss it, but mm-hmm. did she just retire? Yeah. <laughs> because she seemed like she stopped acting fairly early on. She did. So yeah. that's a shame. Yeah. So she just said that she just didn't cut anymore. She'd done it for 30 years and she was done. Well, she, she started, started off young, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Exactly. And she was closeted for a big chunk of that time. And oh, so okay. it led to just some nervous issues. Oh, sure. You know, she was like, you know, I can't, I don't like pretending to be something I'm not. Yeah. You know, in both my personal life and public life. Oh, so yeah, yeah, that's part of acting, but yeah. like in private life, it yeah. sucks. So, so anyways, um, so Rose returns from another date with Carl. Uh, she tells the other Goldens that Carl is so sweet, he doesn't mind her talking about other men on their dates. I'm curious if Carl would mind if she talked about the other men she's killed while on their dates. <laughs> uh, Carl is played he, by... He'd probably actually like that when you think about <laughs> Something it. in common, yeah. <laughs> so he's played by Barney Martin, and this was about five weeks after he debuted his version of Morty Seinfeld. Uh, the Goldens remind Rose that she's not to be discussing Miles while with another fella. Uh, she says she's been keeping the details to herself. Apparently, she's also been keeping the details of her naughty dreams to herself as well. Blanche is intrigued about the menage a trois between Rose, Miles, and Carl. Uh, she loses interest when she finds out Captain Kangaroo also plays a part. Uh, perhaps if Rose had found a role for Slim Goodbody. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd have to say that, like, you know, I think that Miles is a good-looking guy for uh-huh. his age. Yeah. Um, I don't think that uh, Carl is. is a bunch yeah, of yeah. <laughs> like, Or it's Captain Kangaroo. Well, I, I don't know offhand what Captain Kangaroo looks star like. Star power. Um, <laughs> All star power. I mean, she was totally head over heels for, uh, what was the, uh, the, the superhero she liked? Oh, yeah, Mr. Fantastic or Mr. Uh, uh, Wonderful or something or... What was you his guys name? Remember? Yeah, I think it was Mr. Fan- Mr. Terrific. Terrific. There yep. you go. Yeah. I think we're good. That okay. was all I mean, I have a couple lines I can throw in there if you'd like. If you oh, want yeah. to. Yeah. Or, or are you at a stopping point yet? No, not yet. Okay. But... Well, sure. I'll, I'll tell a couple. Yeah. I liked when Blanche was referring to that if he didn't qualify to uh-huh. be part of the, you know, ladies of the Confederacy or whatever, that uh-huh. I will then fiddle do to you uh-huh. and how uh, Dorothy was so, uh, so hurt by that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think she said something <laughs> like that. You'll never know how hurt you know I am by that yeah. by that comment, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there was one other one, but I I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. When she, when you know, Deborah Nichols, what's her uh, character name? Christy McNichol. Yeah, Christy Deborah Barbara. Her, Barbara. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, when Barbara was saying about uh, that it was cold outside, uh-huh. um, and Sophia says, well, then uh, get some earmuffs, I pay my taxes, and slams the door on her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's cold outside, it's because Blanche makes noises from her bedroom. Oh, that's right. Blanche <laughs> is the one who says that, isn't it? Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I messed that up, but yeah. I did enjoy that line. I wrote the line down, but I forgot the yeah. context of it, so. Yeah. Oh, well. Still, well, funny well, line. Yeah, it is a good line. He kind of glossed over this with, uh, never. <laughs> never, Yeah. <laughs> Well, he cleverly glosses over it. He okay. mentions that uh, Sophia's uh, glasses are missing. My are as robust as my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Which is always getting less robust. <laughs> <laughs> That's why my recaps are getting more and more bridged. <laughs> but when she walks in the, the, like, in the beginning of the episode, she's got uh, binoculars mm-hmm. looking at the TV, and then I think then she even reverse them. Yeah, yeah. Looking at uh, Blanche, Blanche she's like, hey, when I've got these, you know, you know, in reverse, you look svelte or something. <laughs> yeah. Demure. Or, yeah. oh, on, on. Demure, yeah. Demure, said. yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Brent literally just said it, and you were still trying to struggle. No, I was, I was, in my head, I was trying to think of what it was, but. It's because he also said ingenue earlier, and now that's yeah. in your head. That's exactly it, yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I think I'm good to go. Okay. Demure. Demure. <laughs> right. uh, so Blanche and Dorothy are looking at genealogy records. Apparently, Blanche comes from the Duval stock. Uh, presumably, this is the reference to France's most renowned erotic artist, Pierre de Beauval. Uh, fun fact about Monsieur de Beauval, he was born in 1913 and started painting at an early age. In 1970, he gave up painting in order to focus on erotic pencil drawings. Ah. He felt the pencil, with its quote-unquote sensual inflections, <laughs> offered him more opportunities to explore what he called the fantastico erotique. Mm. His primary focus was on, again I quote, synthesis of the male and the female. Uh, starting in 1990, he switched to self-portraits, and I did not Google those. <laughs> I, was, I was really hoping that when you said he switched to erotic pencil drawings, that it would just be pictures of pencils with penises and other <laughs> genitalia. <laughs> exactly. There uh, are like two pencils just laying on top of each other. All right, yeah. <laughs> Look how they love each other. Yeah, he's got wood. <laughs> it's a number three pencil, you pervert. <laughs> you turn, uh, eraser to lead, you know, like the yeah. 69 style. <laughs> uh, For them, it is an 11. <laughs> <laughs> that was ski stinker for the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
Dorothy again objects to Blanche joining a discriminatory club. Uh, she takes the high road, though, and doesn't remind Blanche about the time she turned down Barbara Thorndike's invitation to join an anti-Semitic country club. Yeah. Uh, Sophia walks in wearing some dark sunglasses, and Dorothy introduces her as Rory Orbison. Old Rory had only been dead for two years at the time this joke was made, so it was semi-topical. They'd have earned some street cred with me if they had gone with Jose Feliciano instead. Same glasses, but still living. Uh-huh. Uh, Dorothy discovers that... that someone more obscure. <laughs> <laughs> street cred with me. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I might have lost the studio audience, but... <laughs> Who? Yeah. If I can generate Clash content for one person, they can generate a Jose Feliciano joke for me. <laughs> <laughs> that seems reasonable. Exactly. I don't know. The one person is like 2% of our audience for them. <laughs> is Jose also a singer? He is. Uh, he did a version of uh, Light My Fire that went to number one. So, back in 67. Uh, so, yeah, by the time this episode aired, he was no longer writing the charts. Okay. Uh, so Dorothy discovers that uh, Blanche is descended from a resident of Buffalo, New York. She informs Blanche of this, and Blanche's self-loathing begins. Dorothy then informs her that she's also one-eighth Jewish, and Blanche's self-loathing transforms into anti-Semitism. Uh, just as an aside, uh, Rabbi Julius Zapan wrote an interesting article stating that someone who's only one-eighth Jewish, like Blanche, would not be considered Jewish if neither of their parents were practicing Jews. I think Blanche is in the clear on that point, uh, <laughs> but there's not as much wiggle room when it comes to being from Buffalo. Nah. <laughs> yeah, they seem pretty uh, rough on the lineage part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just wish they wouldn't have gone that way with it. Like, I was totally mm-hmm. fine with her hating that she was a Yankee, mm-hmm. but the fact that it went anti-Semitic, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. come on, that's a, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think even at the time <laughs> that it, it was, was cool yeah. <laughs> to be anti-Jew. Yeah. So. Man, I wouldn't have a style in the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um. <laughs> was, was really Not sure it was that bad. <laughs> I was rethinking in my head. I was like, oh, I think that's a... Yeah. Like, I'm on solid ground for that one. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I would say that probably after that, people started being like, hey, we should really stop this. Exactly. Um, at least a lot of people did anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so Rose and Carl return from their latest date. Uh, while standing on the front porch, Carl tells Rose that he'd like to take her away for the weekend. Uh, Rose then proceeds to demonstrate that she might not have the mental capabilities necessary to consent to sex. Uh, the, <laughs> the entire conversation paints Rose dumber than the show has ever painted her before. Yeah. And I think they'd have, if they'd have later shown Rose and Carl in the sack, I think I had to deduct eight slices of cheesecake for my final score. <laughs> yeah, I... Don't get me wrong, all the dumb Rose things are fine and all that, but yeah, this one took it to a whole nother level. <laughs> it really <laughs> felt like they were trying to do who's on first there. Yeah, but there wasn't anything that complex. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just didn't like that at all. Yeah, me either. So, uh, so Rose enters the house and mistakes Arnie for one of Blanche's suitors. Uh, turns out it's not one of Blanche's boyfriends, and in fact, it's not even Arnie. It's Miles. So Miles is... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Dropping gold here at Allen's just I silence. I chuckle. I give it a chuckle. <laughs> Sometimes your gold, though, it's like you don't just drop gold. You toss it, and then I have to go find it. And then I realize, I'm like, oh, that's a big chunk of gold over there. <laughs> it's the rapid fire. But you don't drop it's, right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like if you get hit in the face with a, with a dodgeball, it's harder to catch. You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Miles is once again played by Harold Gould. Uh, we've discussed Harold's filmography in the past, and if you cross your heart and say a little prayer, we will again later in this episode. 
Right now, though, I'd just like to point out that Harold is the second star of Empty Nest to appear in this episode. Uh, he previously played Dr. Stanfield Weston in the Empty Nest episode, Man of the Year. Mm. Uh, so Miles explains to Rose that the Witness Protection Program has placed him in an Amish community. As an undercover brother, his name is Sam. <laughs> <laughs> See, that one was right in front of me. <laughs> I think it's the biggest kick out of that. <laughs> Because he's an undercover brother. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. It's accurate. Yes, exactly. Uh, so his name is Samuel Plankmaker, and he's come back to tell her that tell her about the wood he's been carrying. <laughs> uh, Rose is telling him about how much she's missed him and about how dangerous it is to have him there when the other Goldens walk in. Uh, Rose is obviously ignorant of stitches because she immediately snitches to the other Goldens <laughs> about Miles. Uh, the other Goldens mistake his Amish garb for a rabbi's getup. And Miles apologizes to the Goldens for tricking them, and Sophia drops some of that schoolyard humor she's famous for. Are you uh, talking about the silly rabbit tricks so, are for silly rabbi? Silly rabbi, yeah, tricks yeah. are for kids, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Goldens tell Miles he can spend the night, and while Sophia and Miles are getting the fifth bedroom set up for Miles, uh, Blanche tells the others that she's not comfortable with Miles staying there. She's worried the cheese man will make a stink. Uh, Rose says that she has, <laughs> she has bigger things to think about, such as how she's ever going to move on with her life if Miles is going to keep reappearing from time to time. Yeah, that does put her in a pretty awkward position. That at least at the time, mm -hmm. you know, he's not like, yeah, I'm gonna leave. She's like, yeah, I had to see you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That well, I can't leave tonight. I have to leave yeah. tomorrow. Well, he didn't even say that initially when he comes. He's like, I'm not leaving. I just have to go back and stay in hiding. But I needed to come and see you this one time. Yeah. Well, I go that's back. what I'm saying. Like he's saying he couldn't leave that night, so he had to stay. Well, what do you mean? What like, I'm saying is that Rose is upset because she can't move on for miles. If he's going to just pop into her life right. here and there. Yeah. But he was saying that he couldn't leave the house that night because it was not safe. Right. right. Uh -huh. but, but he is going to leave the next day. Yeah, that was the impression theory. I got. Correct. Yeah, they're, but that's saying not the same thing. I don't think we are because I feel like that I'm, <laughs> I'm co-signing on that she was upset that she can't move on for miles because he is not going to leave her life altogether. Correct. And then Ski keeps saying that he says he's not going to leave that night, he's going to leave the next day. Yeah. But he's still saying he'll come back. Like I'm he's saying still, physically yeah. he wasn't going to go back to the Amish community. Well, she wasn't saying, how can I deal with this because <laughs> he will stay here tonight and leave tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> At least, I don't know. Maybe we are talking the same language, just a different dialects. <laughs> Regardless of when he leaves, okay, the implication is that he will be popping back in periodically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. And that is hard for her to move on. <laughs> right. You know. Well, she's got the other guy. That's such a sweet man. Carl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I did want to mention a couple lines. Uh, are you done with that scene, Brent? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I thought that came to a close there. But uh, there was a, the part in, in reference to uh, Sophia coming in with her dark glasses on. Uh, where, you know, of course she can't see things very well through that. And I don't know if she really mistakes Blanche for a black person, but she indicates that she does. And then Blanche makes her remark about the Jewish thing. And she said, uh, well, I'll be damned. The black guy is prejudiced. Yeah. Which <laughs> I thought was a funny line. Mm -hmm. um, then there was also another one where uh, when she was talking to the cheese man, uh, when Rose was talking to the cheese man about Miles being a professor, mm -hmm. and he says something about like, you know, where is he or where is he? And he says, well, it's on a... Uh, She's talking about professors. Again, this is the part where they make her look totally stupid, but yeah. it was one of the few that I thought I think it was, was actually, actually my favorite funny. line of the episode. Oh, about where... Um, it's one of the few places they have them. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. About being in school, so... And the only other one was uh, when they first saw Miles, when the others first saw Miles, mm -hmm. and Blanche saying, boy, you say that you... Or you find out you're Jewish, and these... Uh, 
rabbis have just come out of the woodwork, something like that. So yeah. oh, that was a funny line as well. Yeah. But that, that catches me up with where we're, where you're at. Okay. Did you have anything to add, Ski? No, I'm glad you mentioned the one about the the professors. I okay. that was a funny joke. Good deal. Uh, so this week, in honor of our two male guest stars, uh, we're going to go ahead and debut a new feature uh, that we're calling Harold and Barney. <laughs> uh, this feature is basically a list of things that Harold Bar Gould and Barney Martin have in common. <laughs> okay. So they were both born in 1923, uh, Barney on March 3rd and Harold on December 10th. Harold sure is holding up better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Both appeared uncredited in Hitchcock films. Uh, Barney in 1956 is The Wrong Man and Harold in 1964 is Marnie. Have you seen either? I've seen both, yes. They're both good. I think Marnie's the better of the two. Okay. Um, but Marnie's, like, that was when Sean Connery did, like, the height of his James Bond powers. Oh, wow. And so it's kind of disconcerting to see, you know, him in a different type of yeah. whatever. Um, in addition, they both appeared on television on the Alfred Hitchcock Hour in 1963. I remember watching that. Mm -hmm. It's a great show. Had the um, whole like outline of his mm -hmm. like. Yeah, so good. Um, both appeared in uh, Mel. You okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just funny because Ski talks about like the most I don't know basic part of that show about the oh, outline, outline of, of out of how his silhouette. <laughs> yeah, which I mean is, is probably the thing that he's almost the most known for outside of. <laughs> You know, um, but it's just, you know, like, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like two people talking about something neither of them really know about. <laughs> Do you like, guys drink milk? Yeah, yeah. isn't that white? Yeah, oh, so good. <laughs> no stuff. That's, do you know what the theme song was called? I don't. Uh, March of the Marionettes. Okay. Yeah. I know now. <laughs> yeah. See, well, I'm stuff just, besides the I'm silhouette. I'm not saying that you don't know stuff, but. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, I'm saying I just remember watching it. I don't yeah. remember a whole lot of details, but yeah. I remember that's how it opened. It was like a very distinctive opening. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Thanks for making fun of me and making me feel bad. <laughs> it was such a great show with the black and the white. And the <laughs> <laughs> it did have that. And the good evening right. part. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, uh, so both appeared in uh, Mel Brooks movies. Uh, Barney in 1967's The Producers and Harold in 1976's Silent Movie. Uh, both worked with Susan Harris and Robert B. Lane, Harold on an episode of Soap, and Barney on an episode of its spinoff Benson. And they both died in their 80s. Uh, Barney was 82 when he died in 2005, and Harold was 86 when he died in 2010. So, looked much younger, but only got an extra four years of living out of him. Well, four years, that's a decent amount of time. Yeah, yeah. How much time do you think is worth it to stay healthy? <laughs> I, I don't know, it just depends what you're going to be doing at the time. Oh, okay, fair enough. Like, yeah. I would agree. And I'd say like, if he lived, uh, you know, even one year longer, you know, he could have danced on the other guy's grave. That's <laughs> <laughs> assuming you're mobile, though. Like, if you're like bedridden for that final That's year. That's true. I mean, he could give me help. Mm -hmm. Get me out of the bed. <laughs> I gotta do this. Yeah, just like just in a nursing home, like bedridden. You know, watching like the yeah. cooking channel. Quali the stuff quality of eat. life is much lower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I take my bedpan and dump it on my enemy's grave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not as satisfying, but at least there's with cell phones now you can have a picture of it. Exactly. Yeah, here's this poor little Roy. I want proof. Exactly. <laughs> just <laughs> exactly. You're just lying there in bed complaining about how the country's gone to hell in a handbasket ever since the daughters of the old south started letting in one-eighth Jews. <laughs> 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 I had to scroll 
all the way back to the top to <laughs> remember the name. They've of They've done it. all kind of Yankee. <laughs> Dumb priest. All right. Well, I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, so speaking of, you know, we transitioned to that Daughters of the Old South Banquet, and the Goldens have collectively brought Carl as their plus one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he steps away to call his mother. Uh, plot twist. It turns out Carl is actually the cheese man. <gasps> What? And an even bigger plot twist, the cheese man isn't even that famous. He had to clarify to Billy Club which Moran he was, <laughs> saying his own name wasn't enough. Uh, the cheese man tells Billy that he needs a fake ID. He's going to get the info from Rose that he needs and then flee the country. Sounds like he's missing a step in his plan. But yeah. What do I know? <laughs> it does seem like you'd use that information <laughs> yeah. first before he heads out. He's like, oh, yeah. guess what? I found our mile. Or, yeah. you know, I know it now. Nick is or whatever. Maybe he's going to call it in. Yeah. He's going to out be. or something when he's safe in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we discover that this awards banquet includes a two-woman reenactment of the Battle of Fredericksburg. I'm not sure how two old women are supposed to represent 80,000 Confederate soldiers defeating 122,000 Union soldiers. Uh, but again, what do I know? Oh, I know that the South may have won that battle, but the North won the war. Fly your Confederate flag all you want. It's got as much of a winning record as the Washington Generals. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did win one. <laughs> war? No, the generals. <laughs> oh, they did? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Washington generals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Confederates. Yeah, no. no the, I think the generals did get one win uh, gotcha. in the history. I could be you know, wrong. Civil War One and Civil War Two. Yeah. Better walk lemon sick that night? Or yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think it wasn't scripted. I'd like to think that the generals were like, man, I'm they tired of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Globetrotters weren't prepared. They're right, they're like doing all their <laughs> tricks and whatnot. It's like no fundamentals. Come on, generals. Exactly. Maybe they just... When he like, goes to do the triple upside-down dunk. Yeah. Or maybe like the, the regular referee was sick that night, so they brought in a legit one. Yeah. And he's like, no, no ladders on the court. <laughs> that is definitely traveling. Foul. You're out, Metalark. Exactly. Could you imagine the amount of penalties in a, a Globetrotter game? Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be ridiculous, but... Uh-huh. Whistle would be, like, blown out. I mean, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> Uh, so Carl rejoins the Goldens and quickly learns uh, from Rose that Miles has been shacking up at the Golden Palace. Uh, Carl begins to think that maybe he's got a little time before he flees the country. Uh, we switch our attention back to the induction ceremony and see that Rose's co-worker from the TV station is trying to get admitted into that clan light organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, but she's also sharing a table with Smokey, the rooster from the Cypress Grove Retirement Home Henhouse. Ah. Uh, we briefly discussed this actress, Beth Grant, uh, when she first appeared on The Golden Girls, but I did learn two new things about her since then. Okay. Uh, she started a production of Tennessee Williams' Summer in Smoke uh, with my all-time favorite Superman, Christopher Reeve. Nice. And she is the great-great-niece by marriage of Ski's favorite author, uh, Joel Chandler Harris. Mm. We love Joel Chandler Good Harris. Good old Joel. Mm-hmm. What did he write? Like, uh, <laughs> I'm guessing... Uh, Something very anti-Semitic. Yeah, he wrote those Uncle Remus stories uh. that Disney converted into Song of the South. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so he wrote even more, even more racist version of Song of the South. He did. He did. <laughs> the unadulterated. Yeah, yeah. They, they he did, down he didn't do the watered oh, down version. Right. <laughs> that's a little rough. Uh, if we're gonna have a cartoon, we need to make this a little child friendly. Yeah. Yes, he has all of his uh, books in like a hardbound collection. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Uh, Blanche then takes her turn on the stage and she confesses to those bigots that she's part Yankee. Mm-hmm. Uh, to avoid a lynching, she leaves out the bit about being Jewish. Uh, later, while hanging out with Dorothy, uh, Blanche explains that bigoted Southerners are peckerwoods and she's better than them. 
When she's right, she's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did like implore them several times on the way out to mm-hmm. still join the group, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She emits emotions in there. Um, so Rose enters and tells the Goldens that she sent Carl home for the evening. Uh, she's going to talk to Miles about what's what. Her and Miles haven't even gotten to the part of their conversation where Rose gets confused uh, when the Cheese Man bursts in. Uh, most of the Goldens learn what the audience already knows, that Carl and the Cheese Man are the same thing. Rose misses this and thinks they're fighting over the chance to be her next bedroom victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the doorbell rings and Sophia walks through the living room to answer it. It's the cute as a button Christy McNichol. Mm. Uh, she returns Sophia's glasses. Apparently Dreyfus took them from the lanai. Uh, and Sophia recognizes the Cheese Man once she regains her sight. Her vision is apparently better than Barbara's. That Winston Miss Weston didn't see her Uncle Stanfield standing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl tells the Goldens he's going to lock them in the closet. Hopefully, Sophia's not gone number two recently. Uh, when Carl <laughs> is momentarily distracted, uh, the sprightly Christy McNichol finds the most endearing way possible to put a snub-nosed revolver against the base of his skull. Uh, that enchantress Christy McNichol tells the <laughs> Goldens... <laughs> Brent has a type. <laughs> uh, she's going to take the cheese man outside. Uh, she asks if they can call for backup while she's reading him his rights. She also asks to borrow some handcuffs. Uh, Blanche says that she can borrow a pair from her, but that she needs them back. They were a gift. I'm assuming they were a gift from J. Edgar himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, once Rose and Miles have the living room to themselves, they realize that there's really nothing keeping them apart. Rose says she's willing to take Miles back. After all, if she could love him as a mob accountant, she can love him as a man who'd screw an Amish community out of 13 windmills. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Well, he uh, was going to be a man of his word, but he decided it wasn't worth it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't blame him for that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he did mention that uh, the Amish uh, life was not for him. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, it's not for everybody. There was one line in that in particular that I really liked That uh, in that final scene where, you know, uh, Barbara pulls out a gun or, you know, pulls out her gun mm-hmm. after telling the cheese man she didn't have one. Yeah. And then Rose says, you told us you didn't have a gun. You lied. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, Oh, yeah, that was my favorite line, actually. Yeah. To say it's okay to lie to... to um, Bad guys, yeah. yeah. There's so much, as we as, uh, like, um, civilians don't know. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a... There's a lot of yes. due process, though. They're not really bad guys until they're convicted by a jury of their peers. That's true. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think uh, the fact that he was literally holding them all at gunpoint, they, as the witnesses, can call him a bad guy. Yeah, I think you can be a bad guy even if you're not convicted, don't you? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad guys in our society that have not yet been convicted. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. well, we had quite a few guests. Oh, hey, who plays number 30? Who plays for the Colts, offense number 34? Offense number 34? Um... I'm not sure offhand. It's not a star, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you? I don't know. Did you meet somebody who was wearing his jersey out somewhere? No. Um, we were on uh, 65, and a Porsche was driving like crazy, like, um, and it had one of those uh, Colts, like personalized plates on it, you know, and the plate number was OF 34. Oh, okay. Um, and so I just assumed it was a Colts player or something. I mean, their current player that has 34 is Isaiah Rogers. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think he would drive erratically on 65? Right. This would have been yesterday afternoonish. Yeah, it's possible. He, he would have the money to have that vehicle, yeah. but uh, yeah, he seems like a nice enough guy. I don't know, but he's young. I mean, most of these Colts are pretty young. He's probably 24, 25. Yeah. So 24, 25 year olds often drive erratically. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'd call ahead seating at uh, 
you know, cheddars and you yeah. need to get there before exactly. <laughs> he gave this table away. Maybe he's got like a, a reservation at a medieval dining establishment. <laughs> he could have. Could be, huh? <laughs> it is more likely than cheddars. Yeah. <laughs> you ever eaten at a medieval dining establishment? I have uh, not. Kind of once. Know. It was uh, out of town. We did. It was like one of those things where they did the horse battle. Yeah, yeah. And like like the, the knights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was hoping bad. it was just like the two horses fought each other. Run against each other like bang heads. It's just the Morgan County Fair. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, ha- have you, uh, well, I know the, probably the closest you've done, though, is that Dolly Parton yeah. thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a fun time. Brenton mentioned before, I don't know if you mm-hmm. recall, Ski, but going to like a Dolly Parton Christmas mm-hmm. uh, type thing. I love it. It's, it, and that's what I was, you know, telling um, my wife earlier today that you know, that German meal that we had New Year's Eve, you know, it's up there in the top three along with that Dolly's Christmas meal that we got. What's the other one? Uh, probably the first time we ate at Dirty Frank's, okay. hot dog place there in Columbus. Okay, very nice. Well, we had so. quite a few guest actors in this episode. Um, a few of them are repeats. Uh, Harold Gould, of course, played uh, Miles and Plank Maker and whatnot. But mm-hmm. this is his Arnie. Arnie, yeah. Stanfield. Nick. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is his uh, eighth out of 13 episodes he's going to be on. I think his last one for the season, though. Yeah. So we get a heavy dose of Miles in season five, or yeah. season seven, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Beth Grant, she played Louise. This is her second of two episodes that she's in. And uh, then we had uh, Marla Adams. She played woman number one. Mm-hmm. This is her only Golden Girls, and she played, uh, she had 61 titles to her name, 235 episodes of The Young and the Restless as a Dina... Mergeron slash Abbott, uh-huh. and then fifty episodes of Days of Our Lives, and forty nine episodes of Generation. So right. quite the uh, quite the soap opera star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many how many wine glasses do you think she's thrown in her career? Gosh, I mean, you figure just between those, that's like you know around three hundred thirty five episodes of soap opera. Uh-huh. I'd have to guess at least a dozen. Yeah, <laughs> at least. <laughs> I'd say at least thirty five. Thirty five. Wow. I'd say one every ten episodes, she's splashing wine in somebody's <laughs> face. Okay, we said throw a wine. You know, <laughs> I guess I was thinking of throwing the entire glass. Oh, <laughs> I just, the contents. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Then yeah, I'll go with your estimate. Yeah. Uh, then we had a uh, Gloria Dorson. She played Miss Ward. Twenty six titles for her. Uh-huh. This was her first of two Golden Girls. Uh-huh. Um, she was Millie and Hoosiers. Uh, oh, nice. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then she was also <laughs> the uh, woman in the phone booth in a Total Recall, oh, yeah. which is a movie I've never seen. Have, oh, it's so good. Is it? Have you it's seen amazing. Total Recall? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the new one? No, I don't believe I have. It's not as good. I yeah. I, I saw it on like TV, which was like, yeah. it had Edited a bunch of whatever. commercial breaks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I saw it from the beginning either, but it, yeah. I think the original with Arnold is much better. Yeah. I am. Speaking of Hoosiers, um, I was returning a couple library books to the library, and there was this. It's know. so good, right? Hoosiers it has <laughs> basketball. It yep. does. It does. It's probably, <laughs> I, it's probably the second greatest basketball movie of all time. What do you think the first one is? Blue Chips. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're kidding. <laughs> Blue Chips has more Larry Bird. In, <laughs> in my head. Through. I was hoping he wouldn't say blue chips. Oh, really? Yes. Was, that was the one? You thought I was going to vote against Larry Bird? I thought you might say Space Jam, because Larry Bird's also in Space Jam. Yeah. And it's got, that one's also got... Uh, Bill um, Murray. Bill, yeah. I want to come back oh. to that. Um, so, like, yeah. Is Bill Murray chips. in the second one? Do you know? The second Space Jam? Yeah. I don't believe so. I don't think so. Nor is any quality content <laughs> in the second <laughs> Space Jam. So, um, 
the um, so I was at the library and uh, this dude had on a uh, hickory jacket, um, and like he was asking the the he he was probably mid fifties maybe okay. late fifties whatever, and this librarian was like mid twenties or whatever, and I don't know what had transpired in their conversation before I walked in to drop off my stuff. Um, but he was like, I bet you can't guess what this jacket's from or <laughs> something like that. And she, she looked at him and she was like, I literally just moved to this town two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I shut him up. So I just, I just got the biggest kick out of that. Um, so anyways, but, um, so Bill Murray, I haven't read the full thing yet. Um, but I guess. So I picked up a copy of Quentin Tarantino's new book where he just talks about cinema and stuff like that. And I've not read this chapter yet, um, but I read like the clickbait type article about it. And he was talking about Chevy Chase versus Bill Murray. Oh, okay. And he's Team Chevy. Really? Yeah. Does that negatively impact your feelings on Quentin Tarantino? Actually, it positively impacts my feelings on Chevy Chase. Oh, okay. Uh, So again, I've not read the, you know, his original writings, just the you know, paraphrased and the quotes and stuff like that, okay? Mm-hmm. But the gist of it is this, okay? Chevy Chase and Bill Murray, um, you know, they essentially, the movie, whenever the movie starts, whatever, they're always playing pretty much the same character, mm-hmm. you know? Um, the difference is, at the end of the movie, Bill Murray's character is always slightly better. He's been redeemed somehow, or he's learned a lesson, or he's a slightly better person, while Chevy Chase is just much an asshole at the end of the movie. <laughs> um, and I never thought about that, right? But he's totally right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and really, why does Bill Murray need to change? He started the movie awesome. I don't like him, <laughs> you know, being a lesser character at the end of the movie. Chevy Chase starts off the movie awesome, and he ends awesome. And, and he's, he's right, you know? Like, you watch Christmas Vacation or whatever, like, he starts off a horrible person, and he's a horrible person at the end. <laughs> so now I'd have to maybe rethink my anti-Chevy Chase stance. I don't know. I think that... <laughs> Maybe they they just maybe he doesn't have another gear and exactly. Like maybe it's written that he is a better person in the end and he just can't pull it off <laughs> and so they have to go back. It's really funny. <laughs> we'll just do a rewrite. Yeah. yeah. So all right. We had a couple other guests in that. Um Elisa or Eliza, I think. Um Ogden. She played woman number two. Only eight titles for her, and this is her only Golden Girl. So though she did have five bit parts on Empty Nest. Oh, nice. And then we had uh, Christy McNichol, of course, uh, who some people find to be quite adorable. Oh, I do. (laughs) (laughs) She played uh, Barbara Weston, 95 titles for her. This is her first of two Golden Girls. Mm -hmm. Um, She has, of course, 119 episodes of uh, Empty Nest. And then she, uh, 86 episodes of Family, Mm -hmm. um, which I think was when she was a younger person. Yeah, that's where she got her three Grammy, or three Emmy nominations. very nice. Two wins or whatever. And then she played uh, Mary Becker in the uh, Bride trilogy, the Children of the Bride, Baby of the Bride, and Mother of the Bride. Mm-hmm. So all three of those TV mm-hmm. movies that yep. I've never heard of. She was also in The Pirates. Oh, was she? Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. And then, of course, we had uh, Barney Martin. Mm-hmm. He played Carl, uh, mm-hmm. Mickey the Cheese Man, Moran. I thought it was odd that they didn't credit him as Mickey the Cheese Man. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. 116 titles for his name. Of course, 20 of those as uh, on Seinfeld as Morty Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also the... Uh, Is that only 20 on was, Seinfeld? Yeah, but I mean, you know, he was a side character. Yeah, so. yeah. And I Seinfeld guess. didn't have a ton of episodes, like around 100 episodes, I think. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. I bet they had close to 200. You think they had close to 200? That'd be like 10, well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Might be 20 right. is still 10%. So, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad for 
the character is his dad, and I mean, it's pretty that centered on the, the group. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did find it interesting that he played the old Kevin Arnold um, in an episode of The Wonder Years. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, but he also broke my heart a little bit because yeah. he was the only actor on the entire show this time, including, you know, of course, the Four Goldens uh, mm-hmm. that has not appeared in Empty Nest. Oh. <laughs> All the rest have gotten an Empty Nest <laughs> credit at some point, so. Uh, but. All right, Ski, well, while Brent is looking to see how many episodes there are of Seinfeld, uh, who got your MVP of this episode? Um, I think I'm going to give it to uh, to Rose. To Rose? Yeah, I think, you know, she uh, she really had the best lines when uh, she was acting real stupid. and uh, <laughs> so, so the part that Brent and I didn't care for, that's what put her over the top for you? <laughs> no, I think it, uh, actually one of my f- favorite parts of the the show was the end where she was like, now, now, guys, you don't have to fight over me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then uh, I, I did think they made her look kind of like a bumbling fool, even for her her specific character. But uh, I thought it was still a bit endearing overall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'll agree. Um, I went with, with uh, Season with Blanche on this one. Uh, I, I liked her lines in it. I did. I mean, it's funny because I wrote down the earmuffs one, forgot what it was in reference yeah. <laughs> to and who said it. But yeah. I think that actually was my favorite line of the episode. Uh, and I, you know, thought that it was funny that things didn't quite work out. Or I didn't like her being anti-Semitic, though. So yeah. I'll blame that on the actors. Yeah. Um, how about you, Brent? Who got your MVP? Um, so there were 180 episodes of Seinfeld. Okay. Um, I'd forgotten that the first season only had five episodes, and there were only 12 the second season. Ah, okay. So, so you were closer to right than I was. Yeah. So, anyways, oh, but it's um, I'm also closer to being right on who the MVP was. Oh, okay. Because uh, it was a, uh, you know. Cheese man? No, Christy McNichol. Oh. <laughs> I ran out of synonyms for hotsy totsy. <laughs> well, sorry that uh, Ski interrupted you before you could. <laughs> I am very sorry. Forming yes. the words, but yeah. so how many slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? Uh, five. Five. Okay. How about you, Brent? I go six and a half. Just because Christy McNichol, how much? How much does Christy McNichol add to that for you? Oh, probably four and a half. <laughs> so it would have been a two-slice episode without her in it. I just didn't much care for you know Rose being borderline incompetent on the front porch. Yeah, I didn't care for a lot of. The... And also, just sort of her all is forgiven with Miles. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I didn't really. And Blanche's whole thing. It yeah. was just I don't know. I I think. Dorothy definitely redeemed herself, and obviously Barbara, you know, <laughs> came out on top. Obviously. Obviously, yeah. But the others, you know, like Sophia's wanting to, you know, drive blind, mm-hmm. you know, put the public That's at pretty harm. bad, yeah. You know, there was no, you know, Cheese Man, obviously, he's guilty. She wasn't going to drive blind. She had the binoculars. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying Barbara and Dorothy are the only two redeeming parts of this episode, you know, but obviously, you know, Barbara. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have quite the same affinity, so I gave it a three and a half. Uh, Who's your MVP? Uh, Blanche was mine. Okay. So, but even that, I feel like it's. <clears throat> this could have been an MVP list episode for me, honestly, um, just because I didn't think anybody was great in it. Uh, but mm. it'll be a cold day in hell before I let Barbara McNichol <laughs> go an episode without being the MVP. <laughs> that would have been funny if both of us withdrew mm. and she had like a standalone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so. you, you took an abstain. No, no, I'll always vote. I'm never going to just vote present. Leave <laughs> <laughs> that to Congress, right? right. Exactly. So. Now, next week, am I allowed to vote for the memory of Barbara? No. <laughs> <laughs> you have two options, if someone who's in the episode or a listener. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, 
about a co-host? What the, it, yeah, if, if one of us really slay it, by all means, gotcha. but that's so unlikely. Can I vote so, for myself? No. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be allowed to vote for you, but we take our job more seriously than gotcha. that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, well, I guess with all that in the books, then, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.